When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. How is the current health of our crops in Wisconsin? Is there any disease pressure present despite the drought? What can we expect for estimated overall yields? These are all million-dollar questions, but UW Extension Soybean Specialist Dr. Sean Conley has the answers. I'm Charity Seebecker from the Midwest Farm Report. He says disease levels are low this year. However, we're not completely out of the woods. He provides some insight into these questions that are on many growers' minds. For the most part, uh, you know, the disease incidence and severity has been fairly low uh, given the you know, the lack of rainfall and how dry we've been. Uh, one of the interesting things, if we look at the wheat crop, we have really pretty low incidence of fusarium head blight or scab out there. So uh, again, we're suggesting it's going to be a pretty low year for diseases on the wheat side of things. Uh, we did see a little barley yellow dwarf virus early, which meant that we would have had a fall flight of aphids last fall. But for the most part, that would have minimal effect on yield. Uh, when you get into soybean, again, for the, because we've been so dry, the soybean crop, the canopy is relatively low, so there might there's really a pretty low risk of white mold. However, this last, last rainfall event that occurred, we're really going to see the, the soybean crop jump. So just be, you know, pay attention to white mold applications. And instead of really focusing on that R1, be leaning towards closer to that R2 to early R3 for a white mold application on that side of things in terms of on the, on the soybean side. But one of the things we do realize that in a dry year like this, we tend to see a lot of soybean cyst nematodes um, populations increase. So so the next time your field is in soybeans, just make sure you pull an SCN sample. And remember the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board will pay for any farmer to submit up to four free samples just because I know in a drier uh, cyst, soybean cyst nematode produce a lot of eggs, which means the next time that field sees soybeans, there's going to be a lot of eggs and a lot of SCN out there. What is the current risk for tar spot? How is that looking now? I know Damon Smith, he has this app called Tar Spotter, and he's been getting a lot of flack lately because of how dry it's been, but the tar spot, tar spotter is indicating high risk. You know, now that we've seen some of the reports from south of us, the I-States, Damon has, has indicated that they're starting to pick up some tar spots. So I would just stay familiar with the app, utilize the app, do some scouting, and just realize that that timing is anywhere from that VT to R3. And based on uh, Damon Smith's data, one application of an effective fungicide, usually multiple modes of action during that VT to R3, is pretty cost effective and has a good ROI. So pay attention, watch Tar Spotter because it's out there, and just uh, understand that one application during that time frame will be pretty effective for that uh, disease in, in field corn. What is happening with wheat currently with the drought that we've had? You know, we had a little rain, but was that even enough? That's generally fairly drought resistant. Um, again, if you understand how the weather patterns came through, we actually had a really good amount of rain over the spring. And then as we go into our May, when the wheat starts to really take off, we had a lot of rain in the water profile. So a wheat crop is going to be probably better than last year. I don't always believe NAS estimates, and it shows we're going to be seven bushels less than our record crop last year, but I don't really believe that just because generally when we have a dry year, that usually means on average we're going to get really good wheat yields, low disease, high test weight. So I think, you know, for those farmers that did plant winter wheat and kept it, I think those farmers are going to be really happy with the yield and quality that we get out of this 2023 wheat crop. So speaking of that, how 
how is the quality looking from what you've been hearing? Another good thing about being in this dry weather is we don't have a lot of fusarium head scab out there, so we'll have a really high test weight for the most part, I believe. We should have really good quality. We did get a little bit of rain, but the winter wheat crop is not as far ahead as you know you would think in a drought, uh, but actually we're right about where we should be. We might actually be a little bit behind. So this uh, these weather patterns that we just saw, we're not really going to see an influence on test weight or anything like that. So we'll have really good high test weight, should have really low dockage, um, uh, really high thousand kernel weight. So I think that wheat crop will be really good, high quality. So farmers should get very little dockage in this 2023 uh, wheat crop. What are the regionality impacts that you're seeing based on certain weather patterns, diseases, or things like that? Yeah, one of the things if you look at, if you go further further west in the hard red winter wheat region, they really got hit with the drought really high. So that's really going to be positively affecting our winter wheat here in Wisconsin. The pricing, even though it's a different class, uh, the wheat in, in Nebraska, Oklahoma, um, in that part, you know, the hard red winter wheat, that's more of a bread wheat. Whereas here, the class that we grow in Wisconsin and further east is soft red winter wheat. So that's your cookies and cakes. So even though it's a different class, it's still kind of plays off one another so I think that wheat price should be pretty strong and again I think the even if there is a little bit of dockage I think that we'll, we'll still be pretty good in terms of pricing and really helping to you know keep that winter wheat in the rotation for next year. So is wheat yield then on schedule compared to past years? Yeah I think we're going to be at least at trend if not above trend. Always think about corn and soybeans and what the drought has an influence on that and it's basically you flip that on winter wheat. We have low disease pressure out there. We generally have really good um, floret set or seed set on that wheat head so I expect really high yields really high test weights for the most part out there and really low you know quality related issues so again i think this will really be good for farmers and help kind of move them and have a little bit of cash flow as we're concerned about the soybean and uh, corn crop that's out there right now how about the impact of the weather has been having on oats so that's a bad thing about oats just because of the timing i think because we did have a relatively wet spring the oats got planted late and then we got in this dry relatively hot weather during anthesis or flowering so i'm expecting to take a ding on the oat yield as you get closer to lake uh, michigan we have that lake effect that will probably be okay, but some of the other oats that are generally inland, if you will, I expect that yield to take a, a decent hit and not be at trend and be below trend. So what about Wisconsin straw production? How is that looking, or what do you expect for the future of that? I expect the uh, straw crop to be pretty strong. Again, you can't really associate wheat height with straw yield, so everyone says, oh, the wheat's short this year until you go out and harvest it. So I expect to have a really good straw yield, and again, just because of low diseases, not a lot of weeds coming in because we had some good pressure and it was dry, so we didn't have a lot of germination. I expect to have a really good straw yield, clean yield, and good quality out there. So I expect that to be really at trend again, if not above trend, just based on what we've seen in here in Wisconsin, as well as outside of Arlington. Where should farmers' level of concern be for this year's growing season, other than irrigating or praying for rain? You know, what can farmers be doing to really ensure a good crop yield? So on the soybean side of things, I think we're still kind of in a good place. Uh, we really you need enough water to, to germinate the crop and get it up and moving. We did have a good amount of water in the soil profile based on you know snowfall and rain precipitation in the spring. And you know the good thing if you want drought, you want it early with soybean because then you put the tap root down deeper uh, so that if it does turn dry later, 
if, if it's been a wet spring, the root isn't very deep, so I think we're in good placement there. Right now, we're just starting to see some soybeans flowering, so a little dry weather during flowering is good. It reduces the white mold, so I would say... Roughly about two weeks from now, that's when we really start need the, the inch of rain every week to really finish this soybean crop out. So again, for the most part, I think I'm not as concerned. I do know we're going to start seeing corn tasseling, and I'm not really a corn agronomist, so I don't, I'm not going to really get into that. So I think that's probably more of a, a stressor for most farmers in the soybean crop at this point. What potential benefit is there for utilizing double crop soybean production methods? That is a good question. So we've had some research here funded by the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board looking at double crop options. And many farmers know that we're able to get crop insurance now, at least starting to if you have three years of data to be able to take your crop insurance. So I do think, again, locally here at the Arlington Ag Research Station, we saw anywhere from 0.3 inches to three inches of rainfall. So I think it all depends on the, on the water, how much available is during when you go to plant your double crop soybeans, I would still ask farmers to go out and look at the soil moisture profile, see where it's at. If you can get relatively inexpensive seed, give it a shot, go with a relatively early maturity group bean, plant somewhere around 200 to 220,000 seeds per acre, drill it, and see what happens and hope for a late frost. So I think that's kind of where we're sitting. But again, one of the unfortunate things is the wheat crop isn't going to come off early. Generally, that puts farmers at a higher risk for frost damage, and that's what happened to us last year. We had some frost that came in, knocked the top four nodes out, didn't kill the beans, and then three weeks later, a frost came in that's killed everything out. We really didn't get a crop. So I think this is just something farmers are going to have to play it by ear, try and get some relatively cheap seed out there and, and give it a shot and then work with your crop insurance agent to see if you, could, you can get coverage. Can you take me through what are you seeing as potential issues for this growing season? It's been pretty quiet. I mean, there's been some soybean aphids that showed up. Usually what we see with a drought, uh, hot hot weather, is we'll see spider mites show up. So that'd be my only concern at this point is whether or not if we continue dry and flowering, we have spider mites show up. Just check your labels and make sure you spray uh, the appropriate insecticide because a lot of times what farmers will do is they'll go out and put a fungicide in for white mold and they'll throw an insecticide in just because they're making a pass to control any aphids or any other insects. A lot of these synthetic pyrethroids, what they'll do is that actually triggers spider mites. They just make them mad, basically, and they start pumping out babies, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap, I just made a problem even worse, and they got to come back again with a second spray. So just be aware of that. Then be double-checking for spider mite flare-ups that might occur because of that insecticide application. I think farmers should just pay attention to pricing, make sure they're very, doing a, a good job working with their marketing scheme, because I think there's going to be a lot of fluctuations and a lot of price movement over the next few few weeks and few months. You know, if it rains in an eye state, oh, it's, you know, the price drops. Just be aware of your pricing and work with your marketing people and pay attention to what's going out there in the field. And if you have any questions, feel free to follow me on Twitter at BadgerBean or go to Cool bean.info for more updates on small greens and soybeans in Wisconsin. That was UW Extension soybean specialist, Dr. Sean Conley. To learn more about the state of small grains in Wisconsin, look for the link to the Cool Bean website in our article at MidwestFarmReport.com. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.